I'm Jeremy McMahon, meditation teacher, Tibetan Buddhist scholar, and audio engineer. And welcome to Meditating with Friends, a podcast where we explore meditation through friendly conversation. Each episode includes a guided meditation that you are invited to join. If you enjoy this podcast and are interested in working with me one-on-one to help deepen your meditation practice, check out my website, jeremymcmindfulness.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hope everyone's doing great today. I know I am. It is your friend, your boy, your guy, Jeremy McMindfulness here with another episode of Meditating with Friends. Uh, This week we are talking uh, to Alyssa Burdick. Um, Alyssa and I (laughs) never actually met in person. We met uh, online. Uh, You'll hear about the story in the podcast, but just a little background about Alyssa. Uh, She's the founder of Wise Mind Wellness Coaching, Uh, so it's a new endeavor that she started where you can hire her to coach you to have a wise mind. Um, and so we get into the differences between, you know, what a therapist would do and what a coach would do, uh, which is a pretty fascinating topic. Uh, and we also talk about how Alyssa got into mindfulness in the first place. Uh, and then lastly, uh, an important topic to me, uh, at least is, uh, how the body and the mind are actually the same thing. Again, I'll say that the body and the mind are actually the same thing. And I guess just in the West, we always really just emphasize this whole mind body divide, which I think honestly has probably caused us more problems than has actually caused solutions. So, uh, we talk about that. But it's really fantastic. I really enjoyed having Alyssa on the show, Um, so I know you're going to enjoy it too. Uh, Just a couple other things before we jump into the episode. Uh, My personal highlight of the week as I try to practice my gratitude is uh, that I was able to have a little roof shindig uh, at my apartment. At my apartment in Brooklyn, we got a roof you can go up to. We were able to have people come come on over and hang out and kind of feel like the before times um just a couple of days ago on sunday and that was that was really really especially after this year just uh, such a pleasure to participate in uh and then the other thing i will say very important announcement this saturday june 26 2021 1 p.m prospect park I'm going to be there, and if you've heard the episode, uh, a previous guest of the podcast, Donnie Chang, will be there too, and we're going to be putting on an event that we're calling Consciousness and Chill. So what ex- is that exactly? Well, it's kind of a mystery, to be honest. I mean, I'm going to be leading a meditation. I'll be doing a short introduction, leading a meditation, and then I'm going to pass it off to Donnie and kind of let Donnie do his own healing work. So if you heard the podcast with Donnie Chang on it, you probably got a sample of what his work is like and what it entails, Uh, but we're hoping to get a good group of people out 
and if the more people we have the more powerful it will be so definitely come on out <laughs> it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be weird it's gonna be fun and we're gonna hang out and chill too so it's not gonna be that big of a deal so we hope that to see you there june again this saturday june 26 1 p.m prospect park uh give me a follow on instagram so that you can get the exact location when we set it up and yeah enjoy this episode with Alyssa burdick all right hello everybody it is your friend jeremy mcmindfulness here with another episode of meditating with friends uh this week, we are talking to Alyssa Burdick. Uh, she is the founder of Wise Mind Wellness Coaching, uh, and uh, she's a really fantastic meditation teacher. I've been following her on Instagram for a while, and I've been really enjoying her content, so you all should definitely check her out, too. But uh, Alyssa, how are things today? Things are going pretty well, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of funny how we connected, I think. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, for, for those of you who don't know, well, there's an app out there called Insight Timer, and it's a really great app. Um, mm -hmm. Tons of pre-recorded meditations on it. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. You can find me on it. You can find uh, Alyssa on it, as you yeah. will <laughs> hear with the story. <laughs> but uh, basically, Alyssa and I met each other uh, on Zoom uh, because we were being screened for uh, so that we could lead live meditations on Insight Timer, uh, which I actually haven't done yet. But have you have you led any uh, live meditations? I haven't on done Insight it yet either. No, I really <laughs> I want to. I think I just need to set up a schedule and just get to it. Yeah, I know. It's a, like everything, right? You just need like to everything. Like, you just mm -hmm. need to do it, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so we we were in the same pre-screening <laughs> Zoom, and the lady that was helping us was like, "All right, uh, I'm just going to step away for a few minutes, and then I'll come back, and <laughs> and we'll well, you'll be all ready to go." And so we're like, "Okay." And so she stepped away for a few minutes. And then a few more minutes, <laughs> and then a few more minutes, <laughs> and so and we like, really stuck it out. <laughs> yeah, we did. And uh, I mean, I was the one that was like, "I gotta go." I mean, we waited like I think I waited like fifteen minutes at least. Um, yeah, uh, and myself and Caroline, we were there for it was like forty-five minutes. We just oh, believed geez. she would come back. <laughs> she didn't. Yeah, she, she didn't. And so, yeah, no. so I, I, you know, we, we all exchange information and we're like, well, since we're here, we might as well like network or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, we followed each other on Instagram and, you know, I sent a message to her later being like, hey, so <laughs> did mm -hmm. anybody ever show up? Uh, and mm -hmm. they didn't. But with that being said, you know, Insight Timer got back to us. We're all set up now, you know. Yeah. I, I, it seemed like a technical it was, glitch. Yeah, yeah. So this is like, you know, no slight on Insight Timer. And, no. and at the end of the day, you know, I got, got to meet you and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, form this connection. So I think it was worth it. Absolutely. Um, Quite serendipitous. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it too. <laughs> so, uh, so you're a wellness coach. Um, mm -hmm. And in your mind, what does that uh, really entail? Yeah. Um, so it's funny hearing um, that I'm a wellness coach because it's true. Um, but my path 
really started uh, in counseling. I have a background in mental mm. health and I got my mm. master's degree in counseling and mm. I worked as a therapist for a bit. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the public mental health system, but it is rough. It's very challenging <laughs> for everyone involved. Um, yeah. in, including the the mental health professionals. And so I just, I was not finding the right type of work, especially considering that I had a degree in mindfulness-based transpersonal counseling psychology. You know, this is mm -hmm. not really something that's um, suited for entry-level, you know, community mental health positions, which is right. more geared towards like social work, right. um, which is, you know, necessary in a, a really good profession. It's just not what I was trained in. So mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I was really struggling and I ended up finding a health coaching job. And, um, you know, I just looked at what was required of it, which is helping people learn how to make meaningful changes in their lives. And I was like, okay, this fits mm -hmm. with what I've been trained in. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny. It took like a, it took a few years to have a mindset shift between, okay, I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're so interwoven still. Um, yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, what, what in your mind is the difference between the two? Uh, do you think you could explain that or? Oh, for sure. Because it was something that I really had to learn as I was going. Um, so mm -hmm. the main difference that I see is that therapy is really based on helping people to understand their past and how that's impacting them now. So it's a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, talking about what's happened, um, learning to understand and process your emotions, which is all very necessary and useful. Yeah. Coaching is more focused on helping people to identify what's going on in their lives right now and seeing how we can help their present better align with their future. So it's more goal oriented. We identify how they want to be living versus how they're living now. And through my work, I've been able to really figure out how to bring in an applied mindfulness approach mm. to help people learn how to, how to apply mindfulness in the moment oh. so that they can, you know, really get into that active, you know, active uh, work of behavior change, mm. which has been really amazing and just so powerful um, to see people do. And man, the, the changes that people have been able to make have just been really profound, you know, going from like super intense anxiety, struggling in, you know, almost all of their relationships, not being able to speak up for themselves or even know what's going on for themselves mm -hmm. uh, emotionally or, you know, mentally mm -hmm. to then being able to identify in the moment. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. This is anxiety. I'm uh, overthinking. Right. I'm spiraling, you know, and instead learning to, okay, I notice it. Now I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to do some self-soothing, mm -hmm. get grounded, come back to the here and now. And then that brings our, uh, our, it turns on our parasympathetic nervous system, which right. is a part of our body that helps our brain become more rational and to mm -hmm. think through, Oh, okay. I'm here. I'm safe. I can, I can think through how I want things to go instead. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about the sympathetic and parasympathetic, Mm. uh, system on this, uh, podcast before, and it is definitely something that I think about. And I mean, it's everything that you've said about mindfulness, uh, Mm -hmm. and what it, what it does is like, yeah, it gives you the power to recognize (laughs) like what, what is actually going on in your body, you know, what, what are the feelings? Because so much of our actions are not so much actions, but reactions to things, Mm, right? Yeah, exactly. And going back to like basic, you know, Buddhism 101, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. in the Four Noble Truths, it's like, well, you know, they say suffering is created by desire, but it's not so much created by desire, but rather uh, by clinging to things. Yeah, attachment. uh, yeah. Or, you know, expressing aversion to things being like, Ooh, I want that. Or like, no, I, I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, so much of both of those sides of things, you know, are just, again, reactions to what we're experiencing in the body. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. again, I think mindfulness is really the key to getting back in touch with the body and mm-hmm. you know understanding again what exactly the fuck is going on when you're sure. freaking out you know right. um yeah right. so I, I and also i really appreciate that distinction between you know the the therapy and the coaching with the therapy mm-hmm. you know because like classic psychoanalytical therapy is so much about like you know like well what happened Talking to about you the past. kid right yeah right and I, you know, I've been in therapy or I still am in therapy and it's like, uh, I hope my hair therapist doesn't hear this. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's fine. Like, like uh, it's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's free right now for me. So like, whatever, (laughs) you know, like, okay. Yeah. But like, I, I just, it has limitations. It has its limitations, you know, and it's like, it's a good, it's good to have like a safe space to vent. Like that's, that's sort of my view of mm-hmm. it, of, of what's beneficial about it. But in terms of like actually mm-hmm. addressing, you know, the problems is cause like, I don't know, just when I've been in a really bad state talking to my therapist and he, and you know, he's just like, yeah, that sucks got to keep going and it's just uh, like ah, you know like uh-huh. this is not helping me right now you know but like so yeah, yeah. so yeah i i don't know again yeah. i just really like, really appreciate you making that distinction between the therapist and the coach and like mm-hmm. the coach providing a little more mm-hmm. like framework and maybe this is just my therapist style i'm sure there's you know there's tons of different therapies but again i for me too i think yeah it's been beneficial to kind of just in my own mental health journey to sort of yeah to have kind of more like active sort of goals that I'm striving towards rather than Mm -hmm. just sort of like trying Mm -hmm. to untangle my past. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a ton of therapists in my life and, you know, some are better, some are better than others. Um, But yeah, I think, I think for my own life, being able to apply um, mindfulness to the behaviors that, you know, were causing me harm and keeping me stuck in patterns that, you know, our behavioral patterns, they're born from the past. Most of them are brilliant coping strategies. You know, we dissociate because the present is too painful to endure or we, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, use drugs or have risky behavior or 
uh, you know, have promiscuous sex, whatever right. it is, because we're trying to escape the present moment. Mm-hmm. It's too, too much for us. Mm. Um, and like being able to untangle and understand why we've developed those strategies. That's great. And that's what therapy is for. And I do, mm-hmm. I can do some of that in coaching as well. You know, we can sure. touch on the past to say, Oh, right. I can understand where this stems from. And I can see how this is impacting my life. Now I can see how it's impacting my future and keeping me stuck. And I don't want to stay stuck. I want to learn how to do things right. differently. Yeah. So that's just been so rewarding. And you know, when it feels important to like talk about this some more because coaching is really um, a booming industry right now. I don't know if you're seeing it, but I mean, I just see it everywhere. Yeah, Everyone's a coach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For better yeah, or worse. Like, yeah, um, that's what I'm wondering. I know that, like, yeah. Yeah. Like the, is there too much like saturation in the market? The thing is with the field of coaching, anyone can call themselves coach. There's um, very little regulation around it, um, mm. which is, I think, you know, a challenge. And it's allowing a lot of people to um, to get into the field as professionals, you know, whether how much they actually know about the process of behavior change stands to be seen. But, you know, for myself, you know, I have worked as coach for four years and I just this past February um, became a nationally board certified health and wellness oh, coach. Wow. So there are certifications available. So thank you. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so if anyone's listening and they're like curious about it, I would say just <laughs> get curious yourself um, and look into your potential coaches training. Um, but this is also something for a therapist to realize because I think they felt pretty um, uh, encroached upon. Yeah. Because clients really are seeing amazing results with coaching and mm-hmm. they're, you know, seeing the limitations of therapy mm-hmm. um, and leaving therapy for coaching. Yeah. And so I think some therapists feel a bit of, you know, competition right. or and also they're seeing that some coaches are unethical. They don't have the training or the skill set and they're maybe you know, taking on clients who really do need therapy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's still, it's still pretty murky, yeah. but if you find a coach who has like the right training, they have experience, then it can really be so impactful. Right. Yeah, I think so. And like, it's just making me think of more like traditional Buddhist, like, uh, terms of like, kind of how you develop these sort of like student teacher relationships and how I very much mm. feel like there's also like a karmic thing that goes on with, you know, I mean, there's ever, mm. there's always, karma is always happening. I guess you're not, you're not, right. you're not really going right. to avoid it, but like, <laughs> I, it's just, I've approached it in terms right. of like finding, I've never worked with a quote unquote coach before, but just in terms of like finding therapists or like, spiritual teachers, um, you know, you kind of have to like sort of trust your gut a bit too. Right. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been around a lot of like, you know, Tibetan gurus and seen how a lot of people react to Tibetan gurus and, and sort of like how Mm. they're, they get in my mind, they get a little obsessive about, about them. Right. Kind of deified. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, put I up mean, on a pedestal. And, and yeah. that is the practice. Actually, you know, in tantric Buddhism is you are supposed True. to view your guru as being a fully enlightened being, which I do, of course. Um, but 
Like Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just think there's, you know, when, when it comes to like exploring, like for like looking for a coach or a meditation teacher or yeah, or a therapist, you know, you kind of have to trust your gut a bit and sort of, you know, follow, yeah, what your intuition is telling you. And like, I've, Mm-hmm. I've also kind of wrapped my mind around the idea that like, you know, the Dharma and Buddhism and mindfulness is, you know, it, it can be taught in so many different ways and different people need mm-hmm. different teachers, actually. You know, it's like somebody mm-hmm. I might not right. I might not be the right person to teach you, you know, and that is totally OK. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just something I've sort of accepted right. with 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 me trying to get my teachings out there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just again, just talking about like finding a coach, you know, and as opposed to finding mm-hmm. a therapist or, you know, I would just say, yeah, kind of trust your gut, but also like, you know, be, be aware of the bullshit that is, <laughs> that is just uh, <laughs> yeah. in this. Yeah. Trust your gut and do some research. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, mm-hmm. um, I remember that was, I can't remember the three rules that, uh, like Lori Anderson and Lou Reed, uh, they had these like three rules for life. And one, one was like, you know, be compassionate mm. to everybody. But then the other one was like, develop a good bullshit detector. So <laughs> I for think sure. that's, uh, all, it's so important. that's also really important, again, especially when it comes to like, you know, when you're, when you're starting to like walk, wade into the murky waters of like spiritualism mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and new age and, and all this stuff, you know, it's very, important. Yeah. it's very important right. to find good teachers. Cause there's a lot of not great teachers out there. Like I have probably said this before, but mm-hmm. like when I look at the hashtag Tantra on Instagram, it just like sickens me <laughs> like this, <laughs> the stuff that people are posting with using that yeah. hashtag and like you're like you're not part of a lineage okay. but like anyway anyway uh um mm-hmm. I did, yeah i did want to hear you yeah i did want to <laughs> ask you though um i mean how did you uh come across mindfulness in the uh in the first place like uh, how are, mm. how were you first exposed to it yeah so I think it was probably back in probably like 2008, which was right around when I first got into good therapy. Hmm. Um, I had tried a few different therapists and really weren't, weren't helping me. Um, I struggled immensely with major depression, uh, eating disorders, just like the gambit of Mm -hmm. difficult mental health stuff that comes from, growing up um, with adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. I had a very unstable and emotionally unavailable and abusive home life. Mm. Um, And that takes a toll. And it did. (laughs) And at the same time, part of me really knew that things could be different. I knew that, you know, this didn't have to be the way my life always was. And so as soon as I got out of, um, you know, I got out of high school and got into college. I, I definitely sought out counseling and yeah. So around 2008, maybe 2007, um, I had a really great therapist and I think she recommended yoga. Mm. 
And it's pretty hilarious because the <laughs> yoga that I did is like probably pretty far from like true yoga. It was via the Comcast on demand menu <laughs> for free <laughs> exercise at home, <laughs> which is hilarious wow, to think awesome. back on. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's great. But so, you know, so I started doing yoga and it was still, it still had the mindfulness components built into it, you know, a nice long Shavasana at the mm -hmm. end. And it really helped me to reconnect with my body in a healthy way, probably in like the first time in my life, mm. I was actually able to be present and like feel strong yeah. and feel challenged, but also overcome that, you know, by sticking through these difficult poses wow. that I'd never been in before. And, you know, having the teacher as, you know, as like exercise centric as it was still inviting the sense of compassion, uh, mm. lightness, brevity, you know, hold that smile as you're shaking in this pose. And that helped immensely. It really, it really yeah. completely changed the way that I connect with myself. Um, so one other thing comes to mind, my therapist had me use positive affirmations. And mm. while they, while it might be like a little silly, or something or like, I don't know, I think people have like some sort of a negative view on positive affirmations, Yeah. but man, it was really, really impactful for me to practice saying these positive things about myself to myself in a mirror, like I meant it, you know, with gusto, wow. smiling, making eye contact with myself. Mm-hmm. It, you know, because I'm so used to saying these horrible negative things to myself. Yeah. Horrible. The, yeah. the worst things yeah. that you could say to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And so the positive affirmations, which, you know, they were based on things that were true. Um, they, I think, were the first way that I started to use applied mindfulness to, to change the way that I was thinking about myself. So I would say it in the morning in the mirror. And then when I was walking between classes, I would say it in my head as I was just walking. Huh. And this is really interesting because I learned later about um, bilateral stimulation, which bilateral means like two sides. Um, and this is something that's central to um, EMDR, which is a type of therapy mm -hmm. um, for trauma survivors mm -hmm. to help them integrate traumatic experiences. Um, and it's also part of emotional, the emotional freedom technique or EFT tapping. Mm -hmm where you tap either side of your body. Yeah. And I think I was unintentionally doing some bilateral stimulation when I was walking because walking is also a form of bilateral stimulation, you know, left, right, left, right. It activates both sides of your brain. And so it synchronizes the messages mm -hmm. that you're saying to yourself between your emotional reactive side, your logical, uh, rational side. And so I think that really helped to solidify it as well. It's just so cool. Wow. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, I know. And <laughs> yeah, like I, I was, there's a lot there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've heard of EMDR therapy and I've heard of the, the tapping therapy. And I've done a little like eye work in my mm -hmm. bioenergetics therapy that I'm, I'm training in. And I, again, it just, it just, uh, for me, it's, it just keeps coming back to the body and to like the physical aspects of mm -hmm. 
of dealing with trauma, you know, and I think that's what is so lacking in modern psychotherapy uh, these days. Because, again, you know, as we started off the Mm -hmm. conversation with like classic psychoanalytic theory, again, it's just like you just talk, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's it. And it's like, well, talking can be a physical thing. It's just like there's more physicality to the body than that in terms of like how your you know your body deals with stress and tension and how your your body gets into um these habitual holding patterns is a term that often comes up in bioenergetics in terms of the you mm-hmm. know the body tension that kind of keeps you like it's literally that's like kind of what's kind of keeping you stuck you know in these Mm -hmm. mind states and i mean it's again it's like it's kind of a two-way street too because it's like the what affects the body affects the mind but what affects the mind also affects the body you know and so like with those positive affirmations you were doing again that's sort of a more in the realm of you know language and thought but i'm guessing you know that by you uh, saying those affirmations, you probably notice physical changes within your body while you're saying them. For sure. You know, and it, I think uh, the mind and body, they're not separate. You know, we cannot, no. <laughs> we cannot separate them ever. No. They're absolutely intrinsic. And for a while I was saying mind body. I was just calling it mm-hmm. the mind body, which I think I want to get back into because it's what it is. It's yeah. just more clear, yeah. you know, that's more clear speech. So anyway, that's what I'm going to say for the rest of our chat. The mind body. <laughs> Practicing okay. it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's um, good to me. But, so one of the ways that, you know, my therapist really helped me to start using them was she had me say them in, in, in front of the mirror, making eye contact with myself. But it wasn't just saying it in the mirror to myself. No, she had me smile and say it like I mean it with gusto. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, it was a very embodied experience as I was saying it. And let me see, the the one that I enjoyed the most, it was, um, let me see. Uh, I love myself in entirety and I radiate energy. You know, even as I did it now, I did a little fist bump, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it sounded like you had gusto when you said it for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's still, it's still uh, working there. It's uh, set in my mind body. But yeah, Yeah. you know, the more we can embody the ways that we want to be, the deeper of an impact that it's going to have because we're not just, just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I mean, I just wonder too, you know, well, I guess going back to like what we were saying about, you know, just, uh, like clinical mental Mm -hmm. health, um, and how, you know, you didn't really feel like that was your calling Mm -hmm. and, you know, how you felt like the system there, at least for the type of work you wanted to do wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good fit. Um, but you know, I feel like we can see the kind of the failings of the current mental health system that's in place, you know, because we can see like the rising rates of anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and, uh, suicide too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, you know, kind of addiction to, you know, with the opium crisis, opiate crisis Mm -hmm. and everything. 
Mm-hmm. And I also just wonder if like us spending so much time or starting to spend so much time in a virtual world, uh, are we beginning to lose, um, our ability to embody and, Mm. you know, because again, we're so focused on this kind of like, you know, we're looking at a phone with a screen and kind of in this realm of like thoughts and ideas, not like really in like a physical space. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you get what I don't know? Can you talk about that? Do you you see what I'm saying? Like, what do you think about that idea? I think you're spot on. And, you know, what also comes up for me is this is a key learning that I took away from, from my training as a therapist is that, and this is super interesting in all of the studies that have been done about the efficacy of therapy, Mm -hmm. the one component that they've been able to narrow down that uh, leads to the most lasting changes in clients is the quality of the relationship between the therapist and the client. So it has nothing to do with how many no. years of schooling, what you know, modality is used, how long the client was in therapy. It all boils down to the quality of the relationship. And I say this because, wow. you know, when you talk about how we're spending so much time online and everything, what comes up for me is the isolation that we're having, right? We are the most yeah. lonely and disconnected society that's ever existed now. And I think Mm -hmm. that is what's feeding all of the anxiety, all of the depression, suicide, addiction. In addiction, they say that, um, or at least the way that I was trained to think of it as, is that the thing that you're addicted to is what becomes your primary relationship because you don't have other Mm -hmm. relationships that are truly nourishing and meeting your needs. So I think, Mm. I mean, it's just true that relationship is the key relationship is what we're missing and what we need to actually be well as a society. And yeah, we can't really have that when we're living our lives online as much as we are. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, yeah, I do think, you know, relationships are important and I've definitely gone, you know, I, I, I I was, uh, I, I never went full goth, but you know, I was definitely into goth (laughs) stuff and like, you know, I definitely had my like misanthropic (laughs) like stages and stuff, but like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, relationships, people, are really all that we have. And those relationships Mm -hmm. with people are really the things that in my mind, uh, make life meaningful. And it, I mean, I know like some people do, I know some people do find, you know, the internet has been great for some isolated people that are, you know, they kind of, you know, they, if they're in a rural town or something and like, you know, they find a mm-hmm. community of like people that they wouldn't be able to connect with. But I For think sure. on the other hand too, you know, it also does force people or doesn't force people, but it makes people, I, again, I'm inclined to isolate myself. So like it makes me like, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of makes me, it's very tempting to be like, Oh, well, you know, I could like go out and, you know, try to have a relationship or like, you know, try to find somebody and do something, but like, or I could just stay here and like, you know, watch YouTube videos or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, 
you know, like, I guess like all technology, you know, it's a tool that can be like, uh, helpful or harmful. Um, yeah, but I agree. And I mean, I spend a lot of time alone too, <laughs> but I think it's just because yeah, yeah. people, people struggle so much with relating. It's so difficult yeah. to find someone who's able to look you in the eye, be calm and connected. You know, we all have so yeah. much anxiety and we just project it out into the world that it makes relationships mm-hmm. very challenging. So while relationships are the answer, right. people don't know how to relate. And honestly, yeah. that's what I'm, that's where I really am trying to focus in my work, helping people learn how to relate in a healthy, meaningful, connected way. Well, I think that's uh, an awesome thing to do. And again, I, again, I think something that is really needed because, you know, pe- yeah, people people are having mm-hmm. trouble with it and now and especially you know coming out of lockdown as we are you know and yeah. i mean even me like i, I mean <laughs> even because i'm so so great at relating to people uh no but even me like you know I, I like i i feel like my tolerance for like socializing is definitely like dropped, you know, since, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I think it's a good thing too, because I am more aware of like, I consciously need, you know, this time alone, uh, because I was going through a phase, you know, I mean, it's New York city, so it's really easy to, you know, just do stuff all the time mm-hmm. and socialize all the time. And I was burning myself out. So I think it's been a good lesson for me, mm-hmm. but you know, it's still like, I still want to be able to go out and relate to people (laughs) at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, luckily I I do Mm -hmm. have a good, good group of, uh, good peer group here and everything. So I'm not really that worried about it, but, um, I think that's, yeah, again, that's a lovely message. And so I think, why don't we jump into some meditation now? Um, if that's all right with you and, uh, Alyssa uh, is going to lead the meditation today. So, of course, for all you listeners out there, um, you're welcome to join. And uh, Alyssa, I'll just hand it over to you and uh, let you do your thing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's begin by just finding our seat, getting into a nice, upright position if that's available to you or laying down if that feels better whatever helps you to be comfortable relaxed yet also alert we're not looking to fall asleep in this necessarily um, nor do we have to be perched on the edge of our seat so finding that nice middle middle spot You can close your eyes if that feels good. You can also leave them open. If they're open, just have a nice soft gaze, choosing a point on the ground or just somewhere in front of you where you can rest your eyes. Not staring, just a nice soft gaze, letting your eyelids fall just a little. Sitting with a nice tall spine And we sit nice and tall, not only because it helps us breathe better, but also because we're sitting with dignity. We're choosing to show up in meditation, which is hard work. 
So we show up in a dignified way to honor ourselves for choosing this moment and honoring the many lineages that have brought us brought us these traditions and the wisdom that we're tapping into right now. So sitting nice and tall, feeling the weight of gravity connecting us to our seats, connecting us to the earth, just holding us here, arriving, And start to bring some awareness into the body since we talked so much about body awareness today. We can do a light body scan, bringing our attention first to the top of our head, feeling that top center point where we can feel the energy, the gravity pulling us down, connecting us to the earth. And moving our awareness down through our head into our neck. And as we do this, if you notice any points of obvious tension or strain or stress that's being held in our body, our body mind, go ahead and give it a little bit of love. Do some intuitive movement, whatever feels good. Meditation does not have to be super rigid. It can help be a way that you learn how to meet your needs. So we can practice that today in this meditation. So our awareness down into our neck, moving it down into our shoulders. This is an area where we tend to hold a lot of tension. Move our awareness down through our arm. Let's go down through the right arm down through the forearm into our hands really feeling the weight of our hand as it rests wherever it is just being in this moment connecting with our bodies our body mind bring your attention up through your arm through your elbow through your shoulder across your chest into your left arm, down to your top arm, down to your elbow and your forearm, and feeling the weight of your left hand. Bringing our attention back up now, all the way up through our arms, our shoulders, across the chest, Bring our awareness into our chest and feeling our breath now. Just noticing it how it is. If it feels good, you can put your hand on your chest and maybe one hand on your belly. Just noticing and feeling the quality of breath that's there. If at any point you start to feel dysregulated, you can open your eyes and come back to the location where you're at to get reoriented. 
While we're here in our chest and belly, we'll take a couple deep breaths with nice long exhales. This will help our body to relax, again, engaging that parasympathetic nervous system. When we relax our body, it helps our minds to relax a little bit more too. They are not separate. So inhale, and a nice long controlled exhale. Let's do that again. Deep inhale and a long controlled exhale. We'll do one more time. As you exhale, feel like you're blowing through a straw, really controlling and blowing out. So deep inhale, long exhale. Getting all that air out. Turn your breathing to normal and you can drop your hands if you have them on your chest. And notice how your body feels now. See if anything is different. See if the quality of your mind has changed at all. Just getting curious. Not judging whatever we notice, simply observing. Let's move our attention now down through our stomach and our waist and down into our hips, which are holding us up, supporting us. Again, doing any intuitive movement that feels good if you're noticing any tension or tightness. And moving our attention now down through the right leg into our right thigh, our quadricep, and our hamstring, these large muscles that carry us through the day. And if it feels good, you can Give yourself light massage anywhere that is asking for it without meeting your needs. And tension now goes down through the knee, into the shin and calf. All the way down into your right foot. Feeling it underneath you. how it's connected all the way up through your, your leg, your hip, your spine, out through the top of your head. It's all connected. And bring our attention all the way back down our spine into the left leg, your left quadricep, hamstring. Down through the knee, calf, in and down to your left foot. I think we seldom take the time to pause and really be in our body. We get so stuck in our minds and we feel so separate. So this is a nice way to remind ourselves 
our mind is in every aspect of our body. Moving from disconnection to deep connection. Now I'll invite you to see if it's possible for you to zoom out just a little bit and see if you can feel your whole body at once. If it helps, you might try to visualize your whole body where you're sitting or laying down. Pausing here for a few breaths. Noticing any thoughts that pull you away from the physical sensations and simply acknowledging, oh, I'm thinking. And bringing your focus back to seeing if you can hold your whole body in awareness. It might be challenging and that's okay. Any moment that you spend trying will help get you closer to being able to practice this. It's always a practice. Seeing if you can bring a little half-smile onto your face. Seeing how that changes your experience of your body. And does this present moment. We'll end this meditation with a little bit of a, a benediction that I like to end my meditation. So I'm kind of sweeping my arms up. You can join me if it feels good to you. No need to if it doesn't. I'm bringing the palms to the top of your head. I say thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of meditation. Thanking the lineages that brought us here. You can bring your thumbs in the prayer position to your forehead. I say, may I be clear thinking. Thumbs come to the eyes. May I be clear seeing. Thumbs come to the mouth. May I be clear speaking. Bringing the thumbs to your heart. May I be clear speaking with words that come from the heart that are rooted in compassion. Bring the hands down into your lap. May my actions be based in compassion and wisdom for myself and for others. And I'll take a bow and again say thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to Jeremy and thank you to everyone for, for joining me and allowing me to to lead you all in that. That was lovely. Thank you.
Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'd ever thought I'd say this, but I'm really grateful uh, to Comcast uh, for getting you into this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought I would say that either, but yes, thank you, thank you to Comcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, that's why I like to be like that type of stuff like it doesn't really bother me because i'm like you know people are like oh it's been watered down and stuff which it is but like but you know it got you mm-hmm. into it and it got you interested in the yeah. path and now look at you you know you're teaching meditation and then also i i mean we didn't talk about it but it i mean you know i know you're not supposed to think during meditation <laughs> but oh, it, it, but, it's but a it happens, you know. But a thought occurred to me. I mean, especially the end there to me was, you know, very traditionally Buddhist. But we didn't actually talk about uh, your master's program, and so I was wondering, mm. you know, because we've talked about you being a wellness coach and you being into mindfulness, but mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about your relationship, mm-hmm. I guess, to Buddhism. So yeah, would would you yeah. talk a little bit about your uh, your master's program, um, just so everyone knows? Sure, absolutely. I mean, that was really where I got most of my training and teaching. It was not all from Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to Naropa University uh, in Boulder, Colorado, which is a Buddhist inspired mm-hmm. school, and. Uh, my degree is in mindfulness-based transpersonal yeah. counseling psychology. <laughs> so it's a bit of a mouthful, but, um, you know, and I didn't really know what transpersonal was until I literally was in my first transpersonal psychology well, class. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, actually, I mean, what, what is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So transpersonal psychology um, is, it's considered uh, the, the field of psychology that comes after humanistic. So we have, uh, you know, kind of the timeline of psychology was it started with the psychoanalysis mm-hmm. and uh, behaviorism and then humanistic came, which is, you know, kind of where positive psychology landed. Uh, and that was kind of the uh, most recent wave until transpersonal psychology was developed. And this is, so we can break down the word transpersonal into trans meaning beyond Mm -hmm. and personal meaning ego. Mm -hmm. And this is how you can see where the Buddhism um, falls into it. So it's a really beautiful blending of Western psychology. So just like the science of psychology Uh and the human psyche, human condition, uh, everything that came before it with behaviorism and all that. Mm -hmm the blending of that with Eastern wisdom tradition, mm-hmm. um, helping us to incorporate the spiritual aspect of life, which is just integral right. to the human experience. We can just like the mind and body are not separate. We cannot separate the spiritual element of life, the interconnectedness, uh, that's just inherent to all of existence. Yeah. So you know, it's just like so beautiful. And it's really, to me, uh, you know, the, just the most integral way to think about what it means to be human is to understand the real fullness of our experience. 
So, you know, I decided to go to Naropa because like I shared at the beginning of our chat, I had a boatload of trauma Mm -hmm. that, you know, I had done some working through with, um, with my, you know, therapists and really getting into the field of psychology and my undergrad helped immensely to be able to understand what happened to me? Why did it impact me the way that it did? Why did my parents behave the ways that they did? Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that if I wanted to make a real lasting impact for others, because I already knew that I wanted to you know, be a therapist, be a helping professional, right. I knew that I needed to do the deep personal work um, myself. Yeah. And, you know, just a common thing in the professional field of psychology is to distance yourself from the material. Mm. So like an undergrad, you know, we were taught never put I in any of your papers. This isn't about you. Uh, Separate yeah, yourself out yeah. from what you're learning. Huh, yeah. And I mean, this is a little raw here, but not for me, but I thought, are you familiar with um, post secret? Do you know what this is? Post secret. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah, it's like, like coming back to me, but it's, it's where people send like a postcard, an anonymous postcard, like confessing mm-hmm. things. And like, you know, sometimes it can exactly, be really like, yeah. benign or like small things, but sometimes it can be like really, really, really deep, heavy shit. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the really deep ones really stuck with me. It was, I mean, it, you know, it was a bit brutal. So trigger warning, Mm self-harm, it was an image of someone's arm that they had been cutting themselves Mm -hmm. and written on the postcard on the image. It said, um, the things that we're learning and talking about in my graduate school psychology program are really triggering me, Mm -hmm. but I can't say anything about it. Mm -hmm. Wow. And And, you know, as someone who's struggled with self-harm, I saw that, I think, while I was still an undergrad, and I was like, fuck no, like, (laughs) I cannot go to a place where I won't be allowed to talk about my personal experience as I'm learning about these topics. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I grew up in, I lived outside of Boston. There's a ton of great schools that I could have gone to out there for a graduate degree in psychology, but I knew that I needed the deeper inner work. So that's what brought me into Naropa yeah. and to this Buddhist inspired school. And I, you know, I got mountains of debt for it, but <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I would never trade it yeah. for yeah. real. And, and honestly, when I see other like clinicians or mental health professionals, people who work in the field who have not had the same level of personal work that I went through in my program, they are they are unable to work with clients to meet clients in the same way that I'm able to the same depth of presence and curiosity and care and kindness and compassion. It's just not there. So it's they're doing it right there. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's fundamental, you know, for anybody that wants to be a meditation teacher or a therapist or a coach to you know, you got to do the work Mm -hmm. yourself and you have to do the experiential work. You know, it's not just like studying stuff, you know, it's, it's it's not just lab research. It's like, you gotta, you gotta get in there. And, uh, at least Mm -hmm. for me, I don't know, that's what I had to do. I still, I'm still having to do all the time, you know, is I have to get in there Mm -hmm. and like figure, figure this stuff out for myself. Um, 
in order to Mm -hmm. properly help others. And I also just, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you went through the trauma that you went through, but uh, it's just so inspiring to hear how you've transformed that uh, mm-hmm. trauma into something positive and, and beautiful. So, you know, I think, I think that's amazing and definitely, you know, worth commending. So, uh, you know, uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Lots of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, I can't help, but I, I gotta just say one more time again, you talking about how you have to experience it for yourself to really learn it. That's again, talking to this, this separation of body and mind, yeah, right? Yeah. If we're just focused on our mentality and we're just learning, you know, books uh, and studies, we're not going to understand it in the same way as if we learn it in a embodied, experienced way. So I just, I just love how you said that again. It just <laughs> tied in once again, the connection of the mind and body. It's, it's, it's integral. They're the same thing, everyone. Get over it. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> They're not the same. You know, <laughs> love it. Da- damn you, Descartes. You know, like really, Descartes just yeah, like come on. screwed this all up for us. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> before we wrap up, any last words? Uh, anything else you'd like to say? Sure. I mean, first, just thank you so much. This was like. So much fun, such a joy. It's, you know, so fun connecting with people who are on the same wavelength yeah. and you can just, you know, really talk freely about these topics that are not really common discussions right. <laughs> out in every day. So yeah. really appreciate it. For sure, no problem. Um, and then I'll just kind of, you know, give some plugs so that people know where to find me if they're interested. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Your Wise Mind Coach. Um, businesses, Wise Mind Wellness Coaching. So you can head to my website, wisemindwellnesscoaching.com if you want to learn a little bit more about my coaching services. Um, I'm open and, you know, ready and excited to work with clients. So if you're intrigued by what you've heard today and you want to learn how you can apply this all to your life for improved, better social and emotional wellness, hit me up. I'm ready to work. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for being here. This was really a joy and you know, you're welcome any, anytime you want to come back, you know, if you got anything else to promote any special program or something, you know, just let me know and I'd be happy to do another one with you. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So everyone out there, you know, uh, hire Alyssa to teach you meditation to coach you to, <laughs> to achieve your life goals um and thank you for listening and just remember to stay mindful everybody love it this has been another episode of meditating with friends If you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn more about my meditation teachings and programs, check out my website, jeremymcmindfulness.com. 